Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six-foot-five frame, needing every bit of it. What a great look. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I want to welcome back a very special guest, somebody to talk about this Aaron Rodgers stuff from the perspective of somebody who's had to negotiate these kinds of deals. He's currently the executive vice president of football operations for the XFL. That, of course, is the operation that is owned by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, if you smell what The Rock is cooking. He's also an analyst over at NFL Network. He was the VP of player evaluation for the Giants, the right-hand man to Jerry Reese, when the Giants won not just one, but two Super Bowls. Also, 20-year scout, was director for the Eagles and the Bills, and a Princeton alum. This guy has been all over the place and then some. He's one of my favorite guests. I'm really glad he could come back on the show, Mr. Mark Ross. Mark, thanks for coming back on, man. Sure thing, man. Always a pleasure. Always a good time with you, Scott. Real whirlwind for you recently. You were in L.A. for free agency with NFL Network, and you were in St. Louis for the XFL. Now you're back in New Jersey talking to me, which is obviously the most important and most fun part of this, right? <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been really uh, invigorating <laughs> exhilarating fulfilling just being able to do the nfl network stuff but also help build out the xfl and we're halfway through our season right now so a lot of moving a lot of traveling going to dallas next week our, our home base with the xfl is down there in the arlington area so and down there to dc for a game next week so just always on the go and you know the nfl draft is coming up so be plenty busy with that should remind people that the st louis team is coached by our old friend anthony beck 
Yep, former first round pick of the Jets when they had actually four first round picks that year, mm-hmm. and he he uh, was doing the Jets uh, pre and post game stuff as well. Still, he was doing that. Uh, I think he'll still do it this year as well. But yep, Anthony Beck uh, actually scouted Anthony when he came out of West Virginia. <laughs> Got to support our guy Anthony Becht in the St. Louis team in the XFL. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but the first part of this is the decision to pursue Aaron Rodgers above all else. From our understanding of this, the Jets and Packers have been in talks since just after the Super Bowl, and it wasn't until Aaron Rodgers came out of the darkness retreat and asked to speak to the Jets that the Packers granted permission. How would something like that come together It appears that there wasn't a deal done either before the two sides spoke. Usually, you would think there would be a deal in place. I know that when the Saints were attempting to trade for Derek Carr, there was reportedly a tentative deal in place between the Raiders and Saints if Carr had been willing to waive his no-trade clause. In the end, he wasn't, and he ended up signing there as a free agent. But typically, that's how this works, right? You would have a deal in place before this conversation would take place. Take me through all that and how it would work. Yeah, so this is why you know teams have agents in the tampering, no tampering situation, and you know agents talk to teams all the time, no matter whether you're supposed to or not. And yeah, something this big of this magnitude you work it out before you start having public statements or going on people's podcasts and, and trying to say where you want to go and not go. And especially with all the speculation over the last few weeks about the deal, before you come out, you better make sure things are right. And it obviously they didn't work it out. And, um, you know, who's ever at fault for leaking that? We know Aaron has come out with his side, but it's, you know, the Packers is like, no, nah, this is not done. And we're not going to be forced to do something or take something that, we don't feel is of value and it kind of forced the jets hand where they came out with all this. And I was like, well, what are you going to do now? Now you got to go get the guy. But yeah, that's what happens with negotiations is that when it becomes public, it's done. It's not speculation, but this just seems like it's not seems like it was not done um, up to this point. How would something like that even happen? You would think that any front office and the Packers and Jets likewise would have a mutual interest in getting something tentatively agreed to before the meeting, right? Why would that not have been done? Uh, well, that that's the failure of of a lot of people, you know. And again, <laughs> this is what comes with with Aaron Rodgers. It is uh, he came out with it. You know, the, you didn't see the Packers coming out with this. You didn't see Joe Douglas coming out with it or Robert Sala. You saw Aaron Rodgers coming out with it. So these are sort of the things that you have to deal with. You're asking these questions. Why, 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 why? Because the principal person that's involved in this situation came out and publicly came out with these comments. So, you know, you just get it down to the base level of what's happening and just acknowledge what's happening. And the two sides did not work out a deal, but yet Aaron decided to come out and publicly say that what he wants. And it, that's why we're in the situation we are now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. 
But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I wanted to ask you about a possible plan B or plan C or plan D. If you're Joe Douglas, obviously a guy who came up through the ranks with Ozzie Newsom and then with Howie Roseman. He's not a stupid guy. We know that he has negotiated a lot of really favorable deals in the past. The Jamal Adams trade was incredible. He got two first-round picks yep. and a third-round pick for a box safety. You go through some of these other deals that he made, a 2-4 a and a 6 for Sam Darnold, a fourth-rounder for Christopher Herndon. So Joe Douglas knows what he's doing, and he typically keeps his cards close to the vest here. You have to figure that even though Rodgers is clearly plan A by a long shot, he's got to have a couple of other possibilities that he's thinking about or that he's investigated in case somehow this falls through. What would you be doing if you were in his seat? Would you be talking to Lamar Jackson, maybe calling the Rams about Matthew Stafford, possibly Kirk Cousins with the Vikings? How would you be approaching this? Because there's no way that you could put all your eggs in that basket with no contingency plan, right? Yeah, no, very big. Obviously, when you have your off-season plan, as you mentioned, you you prioritize. Okay, here's Plan A, Plan B, Plan C. Rank all the quarterbacks. Your scouting departments put the value on it. The, your cap guys do the money. So you have all that set in place. And you know, if they don't get Aaron, it's not as if they're just going to sit there and say, "What, what do we do now?" You know, they've been planning for this the whole off-season. Uh, but you know, of the the people you mentioned. You know, it's, it's all about where you're trying to go as an organization. Are you trying to win Super Bowls or are you just trying to get a guy to, in in there at quarterback just to to fill a spot? And, you know, Lamar is really the only quarterback that would somewhat be available or if they want to try to make a move for him that, you know, you could get to where you need to go. And that's winning Super Bowl, winning the AFC East and competing with Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and those guys. You know, you're not competing with those guys with the Kirk Cousins of the world and uh, so, you know, Lamar is the one for me that, that you have to look at. And I, I would have thought the Jets would have made that plan A instead of Aaron Rodgers. But again, it's all about who's making the decisions there and who's driving uh, <laughs> driving the ship for, the, the, for who they want. If you were Joe Douglas or somebody in the front office right now, would you be recommending that the team begin talks with Lamar Jackson or at least leak that they're talking to Lamar Jackson so as to put some pressure on the Packers as if to say, yeah, you know we want Aaron Rodgers, but we've got this possibility too. And then from Lamar's standpoint, you would think that it would benefit him as well because even if the Jets come to him and don't ultimately get a deal done with him, just word that they're talking to him and possibly working up an offer sheet should drive up his value, right? Yeah, you would think, and here's the difficult thing with Lamar not having an agent. That's I talk about the agent negotiating. The agent does stuff like this as well. The agent's got connections in the media. They've got plants that they put out there, and this is this is kind of how they work it. And the agents can talk to multiple teams at one time, and 
that's the difficult thing with Lamar is does he know the nuances and the intricacies of what an agent actually does as opposed to just here's a contract and, and this is what I want to sign it. So, yeah, that's the sort of stuff that behind the scenes that could help out. Yeah, I think the Packers, but that being said, that they know the, the landscape, they know the land, what's going on, and they're not going to be pressured or rushed into thinking at this point now, oh, wow, now the Jets are looking at they, they They've seen the Jets kind of show their hand already, and, and the Packers know that. They're not pressured to really do anything, and I don't think they would by any sort of intimation by the Jets that they're interested in someone else. People have been talking a lot about who has the leverage in this situation, and I think it's at a point now, Mark, where if a lot of people don't hear the word leverage ever again for the rest of their lives, they would be very happy because that word has been used to death. But let's use it here because it applies. My take on this is that neither team really has that much leverage because at the end of the day, the only way that this ends where everybody gets satisfied is Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Because the Jets are the only team interested and the Packers have to deal him. They know that they're going with Jordan Love. They are not going to pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million to sit on the bench. They do not want him hanging around and causing problems for Jordan Love. And the longer this goes on, the harder it becomes for them. Plus, also, we've got the draft coming up and you would presume they would want picks in this year's draft if there's going to be a deal for the Jets. They'd like to get Aaron Rodgers as quickly as possible because they can start getting him involved in their offseason plans and conditioning and all of that. And he can start communicating with teammates and practicing and getting on the same page and all of those things. And then for Rodgers, obviously, the sooner the better for him. But ultimately, there's pressure points for everybody here. Yes, the Packers theoretically could hold on to Aaron Rodgers through the summer and hope that there's an injury and they can trade him somewhere else. But of course, Aaron Rodgers would have to agree to go there because otherwise he could cause a whole problem. And on top of that, how many teams are going to be able to clear that amount of cap space to absorb Aaron Rodgers' contract at that point in time? And we know that the Packers cannot have him on the roster when the season starts because it would cost $60 million. On the Jets' side of things, as you said, they can go get another quarterback, but unless it's Lamar Jackson, is it somebody that they feel comfortable with in terms of being able to get them to where they want to go? Because you keep hearing talk of them trying to be a Super Bowl contender. And then with Aaron Rodgers, obviously, he's already said he doesn't want to play in Green Bay. And he could pressure the Packers here in a variety of different ways by showing up at offseason programs, by going on podcasts and bad-mouthing the organization, and ultimately sticking this out until the first week of the year and forcing them to release him if they don't make a deal before that point. But really, when it comes down to it, as Amy Trask was saying the other day um, with Susie Schuster, who was in for her husband, Rich Eisen, on The Rich Eisen Show, everybody involved here, it's in their best interest for a deal to get done. It's just a matter of when, how much is given up, and who blinks first, I suppose. So break this down from your perspective as somebody who's been in front offices. How do you see this from all different sides? Do you agree with me that everybody really has their pressure points here. Nobody has the ultimate leverage because you'll hear, oh, the Packers have all the leverage. The Jets have all the leverage. I don't think that any party has all the leverage. I think it's really kind of split and everybody needs to get a deal done. Do you see it that way as well? Yeah, I mean, you, I got nothing to add. You, you completely broke it down thoroughly about <laughs> the, the pros and cons of all sides. And, you know, it's going to really lie somewhere in the middle of Anytime in a negotiation, one side or another is not going to be 100% happy. There's give and take about when you get a deal. There's just, as long as you're somewhat happy 
and uh, both teams kind of get their end goal, that that's where we are. But yeah, you broke it down uh, perfectly about the pros and cons from both sides of it, and you know, so who has leverage, who doesn't? It, it could be a mess. You know, if this drags on. You know, we'll be talking about it every day. It'll be on the Talk the focal point of the, every show last week, the free agent frenzy we're talking about. It. We got to talk about this. We're coming up with Jets, you know, schedule and their team, and the guy's not even signed yet. We're talking about how good the Jets stack up with the other teams. So, yeah, it's um, and for the Packers, I think with them is they don't want to pay him sixty million, but it almost seems as if you know what, if that's the worst we can do, we just got to pay this guy to go away. It almost seems as if they're at that point with him there, but. Yeah, the deal, the sooner it gets done, the better for all parties involved. Now, Mark, let me ask you this question. Putting yourself in the shoes of Mark Murphy and Brian Gutenkirst in Green Bay, and then also putting yourself in the shoes of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala with the Jets, what would you be willing to give up if you were the Jets? What's the maximum you would be willing to give up? And on the other end of things, with the Packers, what would you be willing to accept? Where is the lowest point you'd be willing to go to as far as what you would take from the Jets in a deal? I'm curious, as somebody who has been in rooms where deals like this have been negotiated, how do you see this from both sides in terms of ultimately what value you'd be willing to give up from the Jets side and what value you'd be willing to accept from the Packers side? Yeah, that's the thing with the Jets. You don't want to mortgage your future. You got such a young, great young core of talent and that seemed to be on the way up. I mean, it's just amazing how different we are with the Jets from now as we were last year at this time when there was so much optimism and hope and uh you know, positivity about it. And that's, this is all a byproduct. And I said this last week on air of, of missing on Zach Wilson, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and it's, that's it. No matter how much young talent they've got, you saw how limited they were. We don't have a quarterback and with his struggles. So we're at this point now because of that. And okay. Now do you get desperate because you don't have a guy. You've got this young core and you want to compete. So, yeah, I don't think the Jets will go to give up a one or multiple ones or anything like that to get Aaron more like a two range. And I think the Packers would be, you know, happy with that, but definitely trying to hold out for more. So, you know, the specific, specific compensation, I don't, I couldn't really say because there's really the precedent of this is it's just so unique <laughs> because of how this is all unfolded. You know, when you have dynamics at play like this, it changes typical value there's just not many times a hall of fame quarterback is available with the man you know this is just such a unique situation that it just completely throws your, your typical chart out of whack and if you're the jets you really have to be careful in terms of what you're saying with mortgaging the future right because not only do you need those picks right now to help build out the rest of the roster around Aaron Rodgers if you get him because you need to have your roster at the level of teams like the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs if you really want to make a run at a Super Bowl which is what you're saying your goal is but also with Aaron Rodgers he said that going into that darkness retreat he was 90% retired that sounds like a guy who is only committing to one year you don't know for sure that he's going to be here year number two so if you're giving up first round picks or you're giving up a bunch of different picks you have to be very careful here because what happens if you only get him for one year I would think that if you're going to give up say a pick this year whether that's a two or three or four whatever and a pick next year that pick next year would have to be conditional based on whether or not Rodgers plays and then maybe some other additional conditions right 
Yeah, yeah, no question. And that's the that's the whole risk of this and why I think it's just such, you know, I, I just don't like this whole thing for the Jets because of that, the young core and what you had to give up for the guy. And, and mostly as I started when I started out, like it's one thing about your play if that declines, but your mentality when you're 90% saying you're retired you are you're already retired how do you have that mentality and say you know what actually i do want to play you just great players at the peak don't have this sort of in you know am i in and i out sort of mentality and you just can't turn it off and on and and be a great player and especially in the afc when you're looking at those young dudes that you know those seven guys that rank ahead those are all young studs who are dedicated to man i want to be great um in this game and, you know, when you get older, you just turn it off and on trying to compete with guys. It just doesn't work. So, but, but that's the problem. You, you have to put your organization first as opposed to one player. The Packers finally got to that point where he said, you know what, we got to put the Packers first and not Aaron Rodgers. Now the Jets seem to be saying we're going to do everything to acquiesce to Aaron Rodgers, and you already see that, and that's just a dangerous situation to have for a team when your leader, your franchise quarterback is supposed to be that number one dude that is completely selfless and dedicated to trying to win a Super Bowl. I think what the Jets mentality is here is that, like you say, they built out a team that has a chance to really go somewhere if they have somebody, a quarterback that can get the job done. They missed on Zach Wilson, and so now they're trying to paper over that with somebody who's a proven commodity, and then hopefully they'll figure out what to do for the long run, whether that's fixing Zach Wilson or getting somebody else. And so that brings me to the question of what the Jets' ceiling would be and your ranking of Aaron Rodgers, because a lot of Jets fans got really upset when you went on NFL Network and said that you believe that if Aaron Rodgers were to come to the Jets, he would be the eighth best quarterback in the AFC. And so I assume that the seven guys that you were talking about were Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. Obviously, the caveat here is that Lamar Jackson is coming off an injury, Deshaun Watson coming off a really poor season, but of course, we know the extenuating circumstances there, and at only 26 years old, the thought is that he will bounce back, and also same thing with Lamar Jackson, who is also 26 years old. We should also say, and I think you'd agree with this, Mark, that even if we say that Aaron Rodgers is the eighth best quarterback in the AFC, then that means he's at worst the ninth best quarterback in the NFL. Because if you look at the NFC, I think the only quarterback at this stage of the game that you could really make an argument for, you could say is better than Aaron Rodgers, is Jalen Hurts. Because the NFC does not really have much in the way of top caliber quarterbacks. So I think worst case, you're saying he's the ninth best quarterback in the NFL, which any Jets fan would be glad to have anyway. A lot of people are upset that you said that you think that Rodgers would only be the eighth best quarterback in the AFC. I think whether you agree or not, it's a makeable case. Talk to me a little bit about how you arrived at that conclusion. Well, yeah, I mean, there's certainly no brainers on that list that you, well, I mean, I don't know where the where Jets fans want to rank Aaron Rodgers or how they feel, but there's certainly four or five no brainers that he's not better than. So, okay, you're really just getting into who are we talk, arguing with about Deshaun Watson? And if you, I could get a peak 20, whatever year old Deshaun Watson, or, you know, if he goes back to his form, just like we're talking about Aaron Rodgers going back to his form, well, it's more typical that a, well, whatever Deshaun is, a young man that goes back to being great. Because you know all the circumstances with him, as opposed to a forty-year-old man, and 
you know, certainly Lamar at his peak, the guy has won an MVP you know, two years ago, and all he does is win when he gets out on the field. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burr, I don't know who we're really arguing about, who you, you would not want to say, man, I want a young guy in, his, in their prime who's shown Pro Bowl ability and all pro potential, uh, who you know is going to get much, much better you know, over a 40-year-old guy who's on the decline. I, I don't even know why that's a, an argument. Um, <laughs> it's just sort of a common sense situation there for me. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's, it's your, if this guy's trying to be a part of your team, you're, you're going to want to see the positives and see the, the greatness in him. And if he wasn't, you'd be saying, that, oh, if Trevor Lawrence is on your team, like, yeah, I definitely want Trevor Lawrence over Aaron Rodgers. So it's just all about the perspective. And when I look at situations, I have no – I have no – no emotional ties, anything. I just analyze and look at the film and, and break it down in that aspect. Yeah, Mark, like you said, I think what this really boils down to is if you think that last year was a fluke for Aaron Rodgers because of the thumb injury and the new players and the surrounding cast and all that, and you think that he's still the guy that he was two years ago, then obviously you're making a strong case that he's a top three or four quarterback in the league and in the AFC. If you think that last year was the beginning of a decline, then you're saying for sure that he's behind a lot of those other guys who are younger and you would think would bounce back or there's a better chance at least of them bouncing back in 2023. Certainly a guy like Watson or Lamar Jackson who are 26 years old, you would bet on them to bounce back before you would bet on a 40-year-old. But that really is something that is a tough thing to think about because Aaron Rodgers could be one of those outliers like Tom Brady since he is an all-time great and maybe last year was sort of a blip on the radar. That's something that we won't know until he gets back out on the field. And obviously, we both know how good some of the Jets' weapons are, so maybe that would help him. And you talked about this, too, on NFL Network, Mark, that the hope is when he comes back, if he's on the Jets, if he has guys like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and all that, that would help him get back to that MVP level. And so I want to ask you one last question about something you said on NFL Network around that. You said that you believe that if you bring Aaron Rodgers in, he might pollute that young locker room. The one thing I was curious about is why you feel that way, because I know he's a bit of an enigmatic personality. There's no question about it. He definitely dances to the beat of his own drum. Feel about that how you do. Some people love it. Some people hate it, whatever. But I haven't heard any stories about him causing any problems in the locker room throughout his time in Green Bay. What would make you feel that he would come here to the Jets and cause some issues with these younger players? Well, it's not exactly causing issues with the players. It's just all of this that you're, we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the Pat McAfee situation and a lot of the other things that he's done publicly. I mean, this man openly talks about doing drugs. You know, like we just we just brush it away. Like, oh, that's nothing. He just goes and does, you know, the retreat, psychedelic drug, drug retreat. And we just brush these things away. Well, Aaron Rodgers' proponents do, you know. But if if Lamar Jackson came out and said that, we would be destroying it. And because it's Aaron Rodgers, we just brush it aside. So it's just not so that he's a bad teammate, but – all I've seen and, and what has Aaron Rodgers has shown and what you hear in Green Bay is it's been about Aaron Rodgers, not about the Packers, not about his teammates. It's been about him. And whether, as I said earlier, your, your team leader has to be the guy that's completely selfless. And with the firestorm that would come with Aaron Rodgers here in New York, it's just it's just a bad mix for me. It's just a toxic mix. With, with Eli Manning, love him, hate him, whatever. 
he handled this market perfectly where he was the same every day, didn't blame anybody, always took responsibility for things and supported his team and teammates. It was just a perfect personality for handling this market. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the exact opposite. So it's more so that this, the, the all of the extra that comes with him that may just be focused on himself and not the New York Jets. I will say this. I see where you're coming from in terms of if Aaron Rodgers can get away with things that some of the other players can't, then maybe there's an element of that locker room that might get a little bit testy, especially if Rodgers does have a little bit of a decline and isn't playing at that MVP level and he goes on McAfee and maybe says some things about teammates. There's always that possibility, of course. But if the team is winning, I don't think any of that's going to matter. People will overlook it. And that's really what it comes down to here is exactly what you think you're getting from Aaron Rodgers and what you think he can do for the Jets. So that's my final question to you, Mark. If the Jets were to get Aaron Rodgers, knowing everything you know, what do you think their realistic ceiling would be? Do you think they'd be a Super Bowl contender? Are they a playoff team? Are they not a playoff team? What are your thoughts? Well, I think you already know where I'm going with this, but... (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole thing with all of this. If you win, you know, production equals tolerance. So if he's going out there and he's playing like an MVP, he can do whatever, and they're winning, he can do whatever he wants to do, and nobody will care. And that, unfortunately, that's just the nature of, of anybody, any great player in sports. But if he goes out there and he's struggling and the team's struggling, then you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see those issues creep up. And you know how it is in this, this media market. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch just as far as the, what goes on. So, you know, as I look at look at the AFC and just look at the AFC East, they're not better than – I don't think he makes them better than Buffalo by any stretch. It's really, okay, Miami, a healthy Tua and what they, the additions they made, okay, who's better, Miami or the Jets? So you're kind of in that space where mm-hmm. who's number two? I think those two teams are clearly better than, uh, than New England. So, okay, you may be the second-best team in your division, maybe the third. And then when you're looking at the others, you know, the Cincinnati and KC and – uh, you know, the, the Chargers will be up in the mix and the, the resurgence of Jacksonville. And there's just a lot of teams there. And I just don't think that adding him makes the Jets better than those teams or definitely not. So I, I see them as a playoff team is how I see them. Definitely not at, at this stage capable of saying being in the same conversation as the, the teams, the top tier teams. Well, Mark, we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully it gets done soon, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers does get back to MVP level. And when we're talking about this next year, we're talking about how he defied the odds, but still remains to be seen. Mark Ross, who is the EVP of Football Operations for the XFL, NFL Network Analyst, former VP of Player Evaluation for the Giants. And when he was in that front office with Jerry Reese, they won not just one, but two Super Bowls. Mark, thanks so much for coming back on the show and talking about all this with me really great to pick your brain on this as a former high level executive in the nfl really appreciate it for those that want to check out everything you're doing you've really got your hands full and i'm looking forward to talking draft with you because i know you're going to be on path to the draft and all of that with nfl network soon and i'm looking forward to having you back on the show to talk about prospects like we do every year how can people find you on social media and what do you got cooking in terms of nfl network xfl and all of that um, yeah, socials at Twitter at Mark Ross, Mark with a C and Instagram at Mark Ross too, Mark A Ross too. And I'll just be, you know, path of the draft three, four days a week and NFL now still doing that. Go check out XFL games, go check the schedules out, go check out XFL games and I'd certainly watch this. 
So uh, I'll just be back and forth doing all that. Make sure you check out everything Mark is doing and follow him on social media. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns up there, including one of Alan Lazard. So watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com